Hello and welcome to Expert by Experience Network Podcast. We are a campaign group supported by Refugee Action and represented by people with lived experience in the UK immigration system. We are here to share stories about our lives and experience. But grateful for all you've been through. Keep running, still learning. Hello listeners and welcome to the EBE podcast. My name is Jason and we're here with three other EBE members from RAS Voice and we're going to be talking on Black History Month and how it matters to us and how the structure of Black history has changed the world and what we've learned of uh, proper misconceptions and what people don't know. So there's a lot of conversation we're going to have here, open dialogue. Uh, and how does it affect uh, people of colour. So let's start by introducing ourselves. Uh, My name is Jason, as I said. I'm an EBE member for RAS Voice. I reside in South Yorkshire in Doncaster. Uh, We will take it over to Darlington. Yeah, my name is Darlington. I'm an EBE member also. I reside in London. Hi, listeners. My name is Messi, Messi Darlington. I am the chairperson for the RAS Voice EBE steering group. Happy to be here with you. Hi, everyone. My name is Catherine Labadou, and I am an EBE as well at Russ Voice. Thank you. And it's Kathy's birthday, listeners. So oh, oh yeah. Hooray. Well. <laughs> uh, so, guys, let's let's start. I, I, it's a celebratory month for me, but in general, I want to really get to a, just an open dialogue on what Black history has meant for each of you, as all of us are from different spectrums of the world, as I'm Afro-Caribbean and you guys are African, uh, there are different, you know, contracepts and in, in concepts and contracepts when it comes to dealing with um, blackism and how our history and how we, it, it unfolds. So I'll start with you, the birthday girl. How, what is black history to you, especially coming from a country where black history is not celebrated? It's celebrated outside in different parts of other continents and other countries. What does it mean to you? Well, I started hearing Black History when I came here. I knew it existed somewhere in the world. But of course, me being in Zimbabwe, what we celebrate is our independence as a country that used to be a British colonial. But coming here then, seeing how it is important for Black people to actually have their independence in the system, and also how historically Black people have been alienated from economics, politics, and so forth in Britain It made me realize how important and progressive we have come to be where we are. So the celebration means so much to me, especially when you yourself, you begin to also experience inequalities, being in a foreign land and being in the asylum system. And so when you see other people who have made it, other black people who represent you and they're doing so much to make it happen for everybody, then I'm like, yes, this thing needs to be celebrated Black people needs to be celebrated. And after all, we've come so far to be where we are. And there's still a long journey I had to go. But yeah, it's it means empowerment to me. Definitely. It's so empowering to know exactly where your foundations and fundamentals are rooted. What say you, Mercy, to that? Uh, yeah, I'll say, just like my colleague uh, had said, 
coming from Nigeria, I haven't had so much about uh, Black History Month as to celebrating it. But way back, while I was still in Nigeria, I get to hear about then, I hear about Black History Month being celebrated in America, in the diaspora. But now I'm in England. What I think Black History Month represents to me as a Black woman is the achievement, the the way that uh, our ancestors, the people who came here, my forefathers who came here and they paved the way, what they did, the exploit, the successes that's being recorded in this land, that is what I celebrate. And when I'm and when I'm in a position to speak about Black History Month, I get to celebrate my uniqueness in that aspect as to what was passed over to uh, to the Black people living right now, be it in England, in America, and all over the world in general. So that's what Black History Month means to me. I love that you said our successes because it's something that in the page of history gets overshadowed. And yeah. it's lesser than talking about, let's say, Astocrates or Hume, or, or if those who know of Black history speaks on political as Nelson Mandela or the poet That's Maya right. Angelou right. or singers mm-hmm. and such. And I think our successes sometimes are faded back into the background. It's there. It's in facts. It's of history. Of course, it's, it's there. The footprints books. are there, Jason. Yeah. The footprints are there. So, and you can rightly see and feel it. Yeah. But the fact is... This that you hardly hear about them. The antecedent, the the work they did is not well spoken of. I mean, the history about them is not even taught in school. The younger generation don't know as much as they should. They don't. Yeah. They don't know. I think yeah. I'll bring it to you, um, Darlington. Um, as Black History in School, as it, it's a month, I've noticed um, that month is dedicated also to in schools, depending that on right? the progressive yeah. schools or uh-huh. how conservative it is or religious or such. How do you think on black culture and black history being taught out, especially as coming from Nigeria and now coming and seeing an academics here in, in the UK? How do you add, you know, multiply and really add up how our history and our culture is spreading in a multicultural system? As so they say here in the yeah, UK, mm-hmm. right? but it doesn't show mm-hmm. in the, it doesn't really reflect the educational System. Yeah. So how do you well, do that? Well, for me, you know, coming from uh, a, a kind of uh, angle where uh, history mm. is is not quite celebrated, particularly in in Africa. Unfortunately, it's the Africans themselves who who are killing their own history. You know, stuff like this is what is needed for us to be able to to speak for our for ourselves tell our own stories, not the way the world sees us, it's the way we portray ourselves. So when you talk about African history or black history, as it were, you want to look at those who, like Bensi was talking about, those who have sacrifices in the past, those who have done a lot of good things, good good stuff, which we are talking about today, a lot of those past Africanists, those who fought for for our independence in the past. You, You want to remember so like Kwabe uh, Nkrumah of Ghana, who fought very well against the British then in the 50s, in the 40s. For them, the, the former Gold Coast to gain their independence. And you want to look at uh, Julius Nyerere of, uh, of Tanzania, another Pan-Africanist who did so well. You also look at uh, Kenneth Kaunda. If you go read his book, Zambia Must Be Free, the former president of Zambia. You know how much these guys sacrificed for, for Africa 
or black, as it were, to, to have a voice or to be so recognized in the world. You talked about uh, Africa and uh, Caribbean. It, you, the truth of it all is that they all, everybody that is black originated from Africa. Mm. That is what history yes, taught sir. us. So even in the Caribbean, for you to be in the Caribbean, to see yourself originated from the Caribbean, you, you want to trace your source, trace your origin your roots, yeah. to Africa. That's just the way it is. So when you look at the the African history, what about what is there to talk about in history? Can can the people from the Europe, I mean from Europe and from America, can they tell our history better than us? No, Certainly they not. can't tell our history. They can't tell our stories. So it's not really the way they project it. It's not really the way they promote it. I, I am happy that these days African, Black, Caribbean, they are doing exploits everywhere, and they are beginning to to showcase the kind of um, uh, potentials, the kind of good stuff that we have that is embedded in, in, in black people. Is this sports you're talking about? They are there. Is it football? They rule the world. Is it athletics? They are there with the same boat. I just name it. Go to World Trade, uh, World Trade um, Organization. The head today is, is a black African. Go to the Deputy uh, United Nations Secretary General, a black woman. The list are enormous. I mean, you the can't even count enormous. them. They are yeah. everywhere. So what I feel, what I thought we should be talking and celebrating is the ability for us at this point to design, to tell, to dictate our history, to tell people the real truth about Africa and Africans, not the way the white man projects. Well, yeah, it's, it's been quite... But the storyline is the distraction of our history has been going on for 450 years. Absolutely. And that distraction has spread in so many different parts of the world of what it means to be a black African and how a black African man is in, represented or how he's branded, especially yeah. a black woman it, yeah. and what that woman is. And turning to that, that's in, in coming to that, let's talk about our queens and what status the black women in Europe, especially in from the Americas to Europe and around the world, because especially bringing an in, put it to you, Right now, Kathy, and as well, Melissa, how both of you feel as black women successful, independent on that structure in being in a male predominated word, but dealing with the social and cultural and race related issues that affect women. There are lesser women that, that work here in the UK that are CEOs and own their own businesses in the top 1%. That's below average. So how do you feel? Is, or do you see things changing in structure for Women of color, do you see that in schools? Do you see that in business, in the workplace? Or and do you think there is so much more to be done, which to believe there is and constantly? And is there for the single mother and the single working black woman, what do you see are the, the future benefits in pushing forward for women? Right. Uh, I think first and foremost, maybe to acknowledge that there are a lot of women who are rising up and taking the center stage in trying to make sure that power is being shifted accurately and that we try and at least experience some sort of balance when it comes to power. But of course, like you're saying, that's not the reality as far as every other person is concerned or the statistics when it comes to women empowerment. It shows that there is so much work that needs to be done. So is there hope that this can change? Definitely there is. There is. Why? Because there is a lot of awareness in this 21st century 
when it comes to power balances. There is so much advocacy that's going on. And we're seeing a lot of women who are coming up um, on the international arena representing us, who are talking more on you know, these inequalities being addressed and also who are coming up and doing entrepreneurship and all sorts of things. The problem that I tend to see, though, is uh, referring back to what uh, Darlington said, that sometimes it's also up to us you know, to own it, to own that I am woman enough, I am powerful enough. If I am black, I am black enough. And I am good enough you know, to be a person who contributes to the economy of the world, who contributes to the politics of the world, to the sociology of the world. I am part of it. So you tend to see that there will be women who are there, but they feel like, well, I'm just a foreigner or I'm just a, a refugee. I'm just an asylum seeker. So all those, those labelings, sometimes they come with limitations. But what is the community doing to then tackle on those limitations and on those prescriptions that we are given by the community, that we are given by the politicians, that we're given by the world at large? So already when they see a woman, they're seeing a vulnerable person. When they're seeing a woman, they're thinking, domesticate us and, and put us in this box and say, well, you are not good enough for the political arena. But no, I am. So it's it's going to take a lot of the Chimamandas coming up and speaking and, you know, owning the place and telling it as it is that I'm woman enough, I'm bold enough, I'm intelligent enough, and I can contribute enough. So the only challenge is we need to continuously demand our space, demand that our voices are heard. So we need more, not just of the women who are advocating for the equalities, but we also need, you know, partners who come, who are, who are male, that we need our counterparts to come and say, yes, we need more of these women on, on the stage. We need more of the girls doing their girl power then. We need more feminists. Yeah, and here we are. So, yeah, and it's cool that we're having this conversation and we can see how there is a balance that's going on. And and also, or maybe I can talk about this later where you were asking about uh, the social inequalities in schools, Mm -hmm. in the curriculums, how it's being represented and how young people, black young people in the UK are doing so much on platforms such as... uh, the assembly uh, equality and talking about these issues and also them fighting for their voices to be heard and their history to be represented in the school curriculum. So there's so much to be done, but we've come a, a very long way. Yeah. Still have far to go. Yeah. yeah. It's not yeah. done. We're yeah. still on the shoulders of the foundation of our forefathers and, and the work and blood and sweat that has been spilled to get us here. There's still much more we have to do now for new generation that is oncoming. What do you say to that, Mercy, on the factors now? Continuing on women's rights, the empowerment of women. I'm I'm of the belief that as I'm, my mum was a feminist. feminist. Oh. Uh, so I was brought up by a staunch strong feminist, feminist in, in having seven boys. I'm the last. <laughs> and she balanced, she left her teaching job to go and take care of the family business and she oh. got, she went into all other businesses while raising us wow. and went through hard times with my dad wow. uh, and they stuck it out they had their ups and their downs but she was the main was foundation for all of us as boys on how you speak to a woman how you go about into public life know your manners uh, about it do not let anyone talk down to you know how to speak and you can eat at any table and you don't have to beg. Wow. 
Right. So those 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 are foundations and fundamentals that came from my mother, and it's something I've seen nowadays. In it's it's been kind of curtailed a lot in in the 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 woman, the black woman, and the wife, the mother, the daughter, the sister being that at foundation. How how do you see that? Has that is that changing, Mercy, or has it it gotten better? Yeah. To answer your question, I'll say it is getting better because where we are now isn't where we were 30 years ago. And one thing we I am so happy about is the advent of technology, modernization. The social media is really giving the women of today that platform to, to maximize our potential, to amplify our voice. Yeah, before now, women were, were branded, we were being looked at being vulnerable. But then one beauty or one aspect that uh, the opposite gender didn't see was that our uniqueness and our strength has always been a vulnerability of the woman. Yeah. Why am I saying that? The fact is, we see people like uh, the likes of Chimamanda and Gozia Diche springing up, not just Harry alone. We have a Shola, Dr. Shola, here in the UK. She's doing a lot of exploits. That before now, without uh, social media, without the internet space, without the sh- social space, our voice will not be heard as much as it is. So to me, that's that's a whole lot. And it is getting better by the day. People are looking at uh, uh, younger women. Teenagers are looking up to Chimamanda. They want to be like her. She's dragging a lot and her vibes, her positive energy, what she stands for, what she represents as a woman of color in America and speaking all over the world. She's got the world stage and anywhere she goes to, people want to hear her speak, Mm -hmm. not even from the place of vulnerability because when they see her, she represents strength. She represents mother because she's married. She's a mother. She's a wife. She's a sister. She's someone in business. So she's an all-rounder in every sphere. She's there. And then the, the young women who are coming after her, they're kind of like, they're like, if Chimamanda can do it, then suddenly we can do it. Now, why that is made possible is that before now, the women will just sit back and we begin to cry. We are not be given opportunity. We need a equal representative. Uh, we need better job opportunity. But we can see that Chimamanda is stepping into that vista. She's taking up that role that the social media, that the internet, that the age has given her as an opportunity. And she's capitalizing on that. So the ones who are coming behind her, they're like, oh, yeah, if she can do it without asking for it. You, you said, you mentioned that your mom taught you how to eat from the table and not have to beg for it. So this is one lesson Chimamanda is teaching to the younger generation that your voice can be heard. You can stand up for what you think is right. You can stand up and speak for what you think is wrong. And the world have no option than to listen to you. So I think by the day, I, I can tell you categorically with every sense of confidence that in the next five, 10 years, it is going to be bigger than we see more are coming up. We see a lot of young women yeah. fighting for their right fighting for what they stand for, and it is getting better by the day. So we are very optimistic that in the nearest future, it is going to be better than what we are having right I now. I definitely am optimistic Absolutely. for it, to see exactly how far it goes. Mm-hmm. And Chimamanda, for me, it's, it's, I heard in, uh, she did a book reading in France, and mm-hmm. she absolutely destroyed... She, she did, Jason. The, the 
open subtlety of racism oh. that was in that small little gathering of a library. She just and she did it so pleasantly and eloquently without getting angry. That angry mm -mm, black woman, not brand. at all. She just she laughed. She was complimentary, mm -hmm. and the message was being passed and the on. Was passed on right in front Hitting of the French where minister. he thought too. Yeah, as I said, when <laughs> a liar has a liar does not have memory, and it cannot because you're telling so many lies you can't remember. You can't remember. And that French minister's head was bowed down to the ground. I said. That's what you get when you meet excellence. Excellent. Yeah, excellence. black excellence. While we're on that note and talking about the museum, I want to just give a hat off to our Rochdale Museum mm. because they did an exercise this year of trying to see whose voice are represented in Rochdale, given that it has people who are coming from all parts of the world. Yeah. Yeah. But if you get in there, it's just British people, British people, British yeah. people. Where are we represented in there? So we were actually part of um, some a project that they did called Who's Who. And we saw people from different parts of, uh, we saw people from Nigeria, Zimbabwe, and we had one lady from Iran. And uh, I forgot where the other one was from. But tell you what, it was beautiful because what we did is we created films of where we're coming from, our diversity, and they showcased it for over two months and it was oh, in wow, there. That's actually, yeah. Wow. So I had my Zimbabwean story being told in there. Oh, wow. And you could walk in and you could see Zimbabwe, you could see Nigeria when you walked in what there. Wow. It was beautiful. It wow, was beautiful because they are being intentional in inclusion. You know, but where are the other people, the other minorities? Where do they come into place? So inequalities is everywhere. Yeah. So it there is real need to uh, address it. Yeah, so... Well, for me, if, if we want to address inequality, first of all, I take it from the, the cultural and the, and the traditional perspective in Africa. Because you talk about black every time we remember Africa. How did we even get, get to where we are? How did the African leaders, the African... Uh, but the fact is we are celebrating... Yeah, we are celebrating... Our uniqueness we, we, now. We are talking about African woman and the uniqueness of the African woman. But I'm telling you, the, 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 the relegation, the African woman has suffered, originated from the African woman. Yeah, mm -hmm. and that's right there. Before we continue that, <laughs> right there, I wanted to Oh, Darlington. In, Darlington, is how do you think, as, as black men, do you think we've done that in upholding our black women and our sisters, in especially within the focus of working in relationships, in building the community, have we done enough? Uh, because so much has been working against us within our communities, within our work environment, our personal lives. Have we as black men done enough and continue to do enough for in supporting and uplifting uh, our women? Well, unfortunately, we have not done enough. Sadly, sadly, you discover that one of the drawbacks mm -hmm. the African man had is the African man. Oh. The, the the African man is always fully insecure when they see the woman mm. going there, doing exploits. And then you see the I'll tell you one thing. The the first African, the first African woman to ever drive a car was killed in Nigeria, Mrs. Uh, Fellas. If you know the musical the musical. Mm -hmm. yeah, so yeah. She was killed. She was reprimanded. She was called different names because she was exposed enough as of 1956 to drive a car. Mm. 
<laughs> you understand? That's amazing. You, 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 you understand where is where my cultural background yeah. is coming from. So when we begin to look at this, uh, the misogyny in it, the yeah. misogyny. Absolutely. How dare you, a woman, but is it think just, of driving a car? Is it just a black man? Because British people, they also have the no, same no, history. No, I'm coming because you, 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 he asked how how far have we fed as men? Yeah, as black in supporting. Yeah, I told, I just said we've not done nothing. Yeah, rather, rather, rather we are feeling insecure with the exploits of our women. Okay, recently, a, a, a man killed the wife uh-huh. because the wife was doing so well. She was making money. She was singing very well. A Nigerian musical icon, Christian Zika. She died three few months ago. A fantastic woman that she sings like this people good singer. People she's been her. But she was making so much money. And for for all you care, the husband was in charge of the money. But jealousy set in. Mm-hmm. And she he turned the woman into a punchy bag and the woman died as a result. What am I trying to say? Even the, the little we, we think that we, we are doing about to support our women mm-hmm. were taught us by the whites. I'm sorry to say, but the West No, it is. It's it, 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 if you if you like, for example, you, you get to a system where you want to turn your woman to a slave, and you get to somewhere and they say, no, women are not slaves. Women are queens here, princesses here. You have no choice that to that to, to adjust. You have no choice that to But that brings that brings into question, Darlington, as yeah. well, that because of how women are and to this very day still trafficked in a way, yeah. socially and mentally and physically, in minds of either brooding mare yeah. for something, or your your place is behind the kitchen counter. Yeah. Your place is Behind the farm, cooking behind but the, the bedroom, cooking. you belong oh, to the bedroom. bedroom. It's a very disassociated in not seeing that whole person as an individual, yeah. And then the emasculating when women become stronger than their counterparts, especially black women, that's right. They feel so emasculated that they are small, mas- yeah. And that has nothing to do with the woman, it has to do with it, has nothing. She's always had nothing. that power, it's always been yeah, in yeah, him. He's, he's just he's inborn, he's just figuring out he has to grow. Yeah, that's right. The man. See, see, I, I take it from this angle. You, you, you have a wife who is very intelligent, highly intelligent. First of all, as a as a man, what attracted you to this wife? Mm. Is it her intelligence or her beauty of what? If it's a combination of everything, her intelligence, her beauty, her ability to make a home as as a wife, all this put together, you say this is a complete woman. I want to marry. I want to get married to. Then when she becomes. Your wife, I begin to exhibit these traits of intelligence, speaking in public where you cannot speak, even speaking for you where she would put her aside, stand here, she speaks for you. How does that become a disadvantage for you as a man? No, a man has to work on his mind. A man has to work on his heart to understand that the woman that you get married to, her, her, her movement, her growth, her intelligence, her exploits, all put together, they are all to your own advantage as a wife. If you are, if you fail in recognizing this, that is where jealousy sets in, mm-hmm. and you begin to want to bring her down. An African woman, you can't bring her down. That's no. one thing about Africa. An African woman, <laughs> very large extent. Yeah, I'm telling you the truth. I've been married for 19 years now. I'm talking for from experience. An African man, a woman will tell you, "This is what I want." You better support her. 
if we don't support her, she's in go, trouble. She's going for that for the interest of the family. Yeah, don't forget that. She's going for that in the interest of the family. Exactly. So it's, yeah. for, it's for your own good as the husband. To follow and support her. But if you don't support you, you, you get yourself beaten. Yeah, yeah, because she's, she must do it. An African woman must do it. Am I, am I okay to divert you for a moment? Yeah, but before you go there, I yeah. want to say one thing is that I love, say a lot about um, Prince Philip. Yeah. Right. That man showed so much service yes. because he walked behind her. Absolutely. Oh, yeah. That, the attitude and the respect, and he knew his duty as a man, as a husband. Mm-hmm. And I would like to see more of that in a lot of men. He, everything was second. He became the, the stay-at-home dad. Mm. He was where everyone, the kids, he, they he, went to. See, see, let me help you there. Be, believe it or not, mm. his attitude helped the queen a lot. Yeah, uh-huh. it gave her that if, much more confidence. I was just, I was just talking to Bess when we were coming. I, I told my my little kid, my little brother, in, kid brother in Atlanta, about getting married this week. I just told him. If if you want to be uh, if you want to be a successful married man, I said you must be the fool. Mm-hmm. He said, eh? Eh? I said, yeah, you gotta play the fool for your wife. Let your wife, let your wife always succeed. If you want her cooperation, you must bring your cooperation too. And I told the wife, the wife, I told her, I said, come, my brother is a bad guy. <laughs> <laughs> I, told, I, told, I, told, I told her, I said, my brother is a bad guy. I said, if you are looking for a good guy to marry, you better go to one. Heaven. Go to heaven. I mean, I mean, Jesus Christ. They are no good guys anywhere. No good so guys. I, told, I prepared a hat. I told her she was talking. I told her how old I am in marriage. I said, Yeah, I will believe you. I said, Go to your husband's house in Atlanta and say this marriage must work. Yes. As an African man, mm-hmm. a woman. I said, This marriage must work, irrespective of what happened. That is why you see some homes are kept forever. The woman will decide. That's an African woman. Yeah. When you have a woman whose decide. foot is on the ground, they will tell you this marriage. Yeah. Things stay. work. And when they say they will stay, my dear, they will stay. I, I think we need to do a complete session on <laughs> marriage and <laughs> domestic violence and stuff yeah. like that. Oh, yeah. oh, come on, sing a ring. Oh, Thank you for listening to EBE Podcast. For more information, you can visit Refugee Action website. And to catch our latest, you can follow Ras Voice on Twitter at Voice Ras. Thanks again, and see you next time. Yeah.